Welcome to the Travel Therapy Mentor Podcast, your number one source for travel therapy information and education, hosted by Travel Physical Therapist Duo, Jared and Whitney. Join us each week on Facebook Live to learn about a new travel therapy topic, or listen to the replay right here on our podcast. If you're new to travel therapy and are ready to get started, contact us to get connected with the travel therapy recruiters and companies we recommend by visiting TravelTherapyMentor.com recruiters. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com recruiters. And if you're looking for the best way to get your CEUs online as a traveler who's always on the go, you can use our discount code to get the best rate on an annual MedBridge subscription, which is where we get all of our CEUs online. You can go to TravelTherapyMentor.com slash MedBridge to see our discount code. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com slash MedBridge. And last, if you're interested in getting started with credit card hacking to take advantage of free or low-cost travel like we do, check out our top credit card recommendations for travelers at TravelTherapyMentor.com slash credit. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com slash credit. All right, and now on to this week's episode. Welcome to another Travel Therapy Mentor video. Tonight we're going to be talking about what to consider when choosing a travel company. Last week when we talked about uh, travel companies, big and small companies, we got some questions about what factors do you consider. So, you know, if a small company can pay better than a larger company, why would you ever go with a larger company? Some of those type questions. So, we want to go through what to consider when choosing a travel company to hopefully give you guys some insight. So, Whitney's going to introduce us and uh, I'm going to get this video shared in a couple different groups. All right, hey everybody, thanks for joining us. My name is Whitney Aiken. And I'm Jared Cazazza. And we are both traveling doctors of physical therapy. We are the faces behind the Travel Therapy Mentor page. Many of you guys may have tuned in in the past for our videos. Uh, we do them every week live on Facebook Live, and then we upload them later to our podcast channel and our YouTube channel. So thanks if you're joining us again. If it's your first time joining us for one of our videos, welcome, and we hope you'll tune in in our future weekly videos. We've been doing these videos for over two years now. Um, every single week we try to bring you some information on a new travel therapy topic. Um, at this point, having done so many videos over the last couple years, we've covered a lot of the main topics. And we usually have our videos um, are usually like 45 minutes to an hour. We usually thoroughly go over every topic in a lot of detail. So we've definitely discussed travel therapy companies and recruiters before, some factors to consider when you're choosing them. But we do have a lot of new followers. Um, we recently reached 10,000 followers on Instagram. So thank you so much for those of you guys that are following us on Instagram. And um, we've also got several thousand um, on Facebook. And I know a lot of you guys on Facebook are new to our channel too. Speaking so, of Instagram, we're going to be doing a giveaway soon. So um, if you're not following us there, we're going to do some sort of giveaway. Not sure what we're giving away yet, but it should be pretty good. Yeah. Um, so with that said, you know, I know a lot of you guys are new to our page. Maybe you haven't watched all of our old videos. So um, moving forward, we're going to continue to do our weekly videos, but we're going to try to keep them a little more concise. Just go over the highlights, the key points. If you are looking for more in-depth information, feel free to go back and scroll through our old videos on our Facebook page under the videos section. So our Facebook page is called Travel Therapy Mentor. Click on videos. You can scroll back through the last two years. A lot of the newer ones over the last six months or so are all, are all going to be on our podcast and our YouTube channel as well, so you can find the newer videos there. So with that said, we'll go over, um, cover some of the main topics on choosing a travel therapy company and recruiter. And just to give a quick shout out to those of you guys that are tuning in live. Hi, Sabrina. Hi, Carly. Hey, Nick. Hi, Beth. Hi, Armand. Hi, Forrest. 
If you are tuning in live, we'd love if you'd leave a comment in the comment section and let us know that you're watching. We'd also love that if you would hit the thumbs up button on whatever platform you are watching or listening on. Yeah. Hey, Nick. Uh, Nick said he's making some green chili stew. That sounds pretty good. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of different reasons why you might choose a travel company. There's hundreds of companies out there. Um, one of the biggest things is finding a recruiter that works well with you. And some of that is personality uh, related to, you know, between the traveler and the recruiter. Some of it is um, finding a recruiter that's responsive and gets back to you quickly. So that is a very big thing when you're choosing a company is just finding someone that you mesh well with uh, a recruiter at that company. Yeah, the important thing to know is there's not just one best travel company out there and there's not just one best recruiter. There's literally hundreds of travel therapy companies. There's no way that you guys could go out there and talk to every single company and compare them side by side. Um, over the years of us being travel PTs, we've been doing this for almost six years now. We have talked to dozens of different companies and we've done our best to try to compare and contrast a bunch of them for you guys so that when you come to us and ask us for recommendations, we can give you the best insight possible. But there's just no way that any of us can really have an opportunity to interview and you know learn all the ins and outs of every single company. But with that said, um, we do recommend that you go off of recommendations from current travelers. Yeah, something you have to realize too is that if you go off of recommendations from travelers, you go off, uh, if you Google companies, you'll find good and bad reviews about every single company that there is. Um, so some people just have a bad experience for whatever reason. Um, so if you're specifically looking for negative reviews, you can find it about every company. I can tell you that for sure. So, um, you know, mainly you want to get a feel for, you know, how many positive to how many negative um, comments and things like that. That's a, that's a good indication. And the bottom line is you're not going to really know until you get into the weeds of working with a recruiter and going through, you know, a contract or two with a travel therapy company to know whether they're really going to be the best fit for you. And that's okay because honestly, if you are watching this and you're thinking about getting into travel or you're, you've just started, you don't have to get it all right the first time. You're gonna learn, just like with life, you're gonna have good experiences and bad experiences. Of course, you wanna try to avoid some of the red flags that are out there. Um, you wanna try to go into it as informed as possible, but it's okay, you know, most companies are gonna be pretty decent. Most recruiters are gonna be pretty decent. You're gonna have a fair experience no matter what, but we do think it's best to go off recommendations from someone that you know or someone who's done travel therapy before or ask us for recommendations based on our almost six years of experience because at least that way you know, okay, somebody else has had a good experience with them. They're probably a pretty decent company if this person is recommending them. Whereas if you just go off, um, one of them calls you out of the blue or you get signed up for some email list and you just get contacted out of the blue or you run into them at a conference or they come to your school, you don't necessarily know you know, they're coming to you and they're saying, I'm the best, we're the best, you should work with A, B, C, D, E, F company, we're the best. You don't necessarily know if they're that great because no one else has recommended them to you. Yeah, and in terms of recruiters too, one thing to always remember is if someone's reaching out to you and actively looking for you as a traveler, um, chances are that person is not that busy, which could, which may or may not be a bad thing. Um, I'm not saying that's always a bad thing because everyone was new at some point trying to find travelers. But usually the ones that get a lot of referrals from current travelers are not reaching out to new people trying to get them in because they already have more business than they can handle. So that is something to remember. If you have someone really pursuing you, uh, you know, without you reaching out to them first, then you know, that may or may not be something that uh, you could watch out for. Yeah. 
Um, so in addition to this, um, one recommendation that we have for you guys is it's a good idea to talk to a few when you're first getting started. So set up some phone calls, um, talk to a few different companies, and then we recommend that you narrow it down to a team, your personal team of two to three recruiters that you plan to work with moving forward. Now, why do we recommend that you work with more than one? There's definitely some recruiters that will tell you, no, you only need to work with me. It's, you know, it's gonna be too complicated if you try to work with more than one. However, most experienced travelers will recommend and tell you that it's a good idea to work with more than one. Yeah, the big, I mean, there's a few big reasons there. Uh, the, big, the biggest thing is that you have more job options when you work with more companies. Um, some companies have exclusive contracts that other companies don't have. That might be, it's not the majority of the jobs by any means, but it might be 10 to 20% of their jobs could be exclusive depending on what company you're working with. So if you're not specifically working with a few different ones, you might miss out on some job options. Um, and the other thing that I think is pretty important is if you're only working with one company, you can feel like you're locked in. I've talked to some travelers in the past that um, you know they just kind of jumped into it. They went with the first company they, what they found and they will say things like, well, my, my recruiter just chose for me to go here or something like that. It's almost like a lot of times when you're only working with one company, you feel like they're your boss and they're in the driver's seat choosing things for you. I, I get that impression with a lot of travelers that only work with one company. Whereas if you're working with multiple, you know that you have a lot of options and uh, you know it just gives you more flexibility there. Yeah, and it's just a really good idea, especially in the beginning of your career, to work with a few different ones because as you move through the process, you know, that very first phone call, they're gonna really sell you that they're the greatest and they're the best and you're gonna be like, wow, all these companies are great, how will I choose? But as time goes on and you work with them, you know, things might get revealed. You might find that you prefer the way that one does things over the other. You might find out some more about the benefits that they're able to offer. And we're going to go through some of those benefits you should look out for. And you just learn a lot by working with more than one. You're also going to get to compare pay packages and different things that they offer. So it's just overall a good idea to be in contact with a few. And um, it's important to know a lot of people don't understand this concept when they start traveling. You're not an employee of any one of them except while you are actively working a contract with them. Other than that, you have the free reign to just talk to openly multiple of them. And we say work with, but we just mean talk to yeah. multiple. Yeah, that is an important point. Uh, hey Joe, thanks for joining. Yeah, if anybody else is watching live, we'd love if you'd leave a comment and just let us know if you're a current traveler, if you're a student who's thinking about traveling, say hey in the comments if you're a, a clinician who's thinking about getting into traveling, let us know. Yeah, before we get into like company benefits and things like that, uh, one other thing to consider with travel or with recruiters is that recruiters are not always going. So uh, we've learned this over over our years of traveling. Uh, sometimes you'll find a recruiter that is wonderful, and they'll be really really good. You're really excited. Everything goes great. Um, but recruiters are people too, and they have situations in life that come up. Um, say you know relationship changes or kids or all these things impact how responsive and um, how good of a recruiter they are. Um, so you might find someone that's really good and they don't, and maybe a year later, they're, they're not as responsive and things start to fall off. That happens. Um, and you know, it's just a, a part of being a human and um, part, part of going through phases in life, I guess. Um, so just because you find someone that you really like, you don't have to stick with that person forever. Um, it's good to have options and you have to realize that sometimes things might change. Yeah, absolutely. Good point to consider. 
So with all that said, if you guys are watching this and you're first getting into travel therapy and you would like the recommendations for the recruiters that we um, have worked with before, the ones that the companies that we've interviewed and vetted, um, feel free to reach out to us, to us for recommendations. If you go on our website at TravelTherapyMentor.com, at the top there's a button that says Recruiter Recommendations. If you just fill out that form, um, it'll email your information to us and we'll read over your information and we'll look at what your preferences are and we'll try to make an informed decision about which company might work well for you based on what it is you're looking for. So I'll ask you things like, you know, are you a new traveler? Are you an experienced clinician? Are you a new grad? What states are you interested in? What settings are you interested in? What is important to you? And that's what we're gonna get into here in just a minute is what is important to you? Are you looking for the absolute highest pay? You don't care where you go. Or are you looking for only certain settings and certain locations? Are benefits really important to you? Insurance, 401k, all those things. So we'll take into account what's important to you and then try to steer you in the right direction of some companies we think would work well for you. So yeah. just keep that in mind if you're interested in getting our recommendations. Yeah, so the first thing to think about when you're trying to consider which companies to work with um, is the size of the company. And this is... Uh, this plays a big role in a, in a lot of different areas, but one uh, that is probably the most common, commonly talked about is pay. So a smaller company, we work with a variety of companies, some as small as one recruiter or two recruiters to you know dozens of recruiters. The smaller the company, the less overhead they're going to have in general, which usually means that they can pay travelers a little bit more because they take a smaller amount of the pay package. So of the bill rate, they can keep a smaller percentage because they don't have as much overhead, if that makes sense. That's not always the case, but in general, the smaller the company, the better they're going to be able to pay. Um, so that is a pro of working with a small company. Mm -hmm. Pay packages can be complicated to understand. So if you're new to travel therapy, we have tons of videos and articles where we've discussed what all goes into pay. We've discussed what a bill rate is and all of that. So I would highly recommend that you go and look back at some of those resources to better understand the multiple factors that can affect pay. But like Jared said, quite often a bigger company is gonna have more operating costs, what we call overhead. So they might need to take out more in their commission uh, for their jobs. So then you might say, well, why would I ever work with a big company if they're gonna take more of my pay? Well, we're gonna get into talking about some of those pros and cons. And then one other note on pay is that's not always black and white. It's not always the case because there are certain situations um, in which a big company might have what's called exclusive access to a job, and therefore they're able to offer it to you without having to pay a fee for accessing that job. Whereas there are some situations where the same job, if a smaller company wanted to get access to that job, they would have to pay a fee to get it from the big company, in which case the pay might end up being about even when you consider that overhead factor. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, and that kind of leads into why you might want to choose a bigger company and why us as travelers, usually we do work with bigger companies. Um, and the biggest reason for us is because they have more job options. Um, a lot of the bigger companies have access to jobs that some of the smaller companies might not have. And for us traveling as a pair, that was most important. So we didn't care about making uh, maybe $100 less a week if it meant consistent work with two contracts that were close to each other and that were good. That, that was our main concern traveling as a pair. So that's why as, as travelers, there are a lot of different factors to consider in, in, in choosing companies, choosing recruiters. Um, there's a lot of variables to consider when making that choice. So mm -hmm. there's, uh, you know, if you're a couple, maybe the most important thing is finding consistent work that are that with two jobs close together. So you need the most job options. Maybe if you're a single traveler, um, you're just trying to get the very highest pay. You don't care where you go. Um, so that would really impact the decision. Yeah. 
So in terms of job options, uh, quite often these bigger companies will have access to a bigger database of jobs. Some of them will get um, exclusive or first dibs access to some of these jobs before those jobs then get passed off to another company um, if they're not able to fill it. When the job market was extremely competitive, that was one major reason it was important to work with some of the bigger companies so that you were one of the travelers who was getting the first dibs to it. Um, now, in the, on the other hand, there's a pro of working with a small company. Some of the smaller companies, they have um, smaller departments, they have a little bit more time on their hands, and they have a little bit more um, direct access to some of these clients. Whereas when you get into the bigger companies, there's a lot of middlemen. So in the smaller companies, they might actually be able to do what's called cold calling, and they might actually call around and try to find a job for you before it's even listed. Now that's not always just something that small companies do. There's definitely recruiters at big companies that will do that as well, but we have seen over the years that it seems that a lot of times the smaller companies have more leeway and uh, are able to, it's almost like more personalized to you, um, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. As we're going through this, it might be like, well, there's a lot of nuance to this, right? Like it's not black and white. So is this necessarily something that you're gonna have to go and ask the company when you're interviewing them? Maybe not. But what you're going to find is a lot of experienced travelers like us, we prefer to have a team of recruiters which includes some small companies and some big companies because you're inherently going to inherit some of those benefits from them. You don't have to ask them from day to day like, where are you getting your jobs from? Do you have more jobs than this other company? You're just going to see that as it goes along. You're going to see that in the jobs they offer you. You're going to see that in the benefits packages they offer you. You're going to see that in the pay packages they offer you yeah. just inherently by working with multiple companies that are of different sizes and provide different benefits. Yep, and in terms of job avail availability, that's a big point right now, especially uh, in 2020 when the job market was pretty tough. We really saw a difference there uh, with the bigger companies having jobs return more quickly than the smaller companies. There was a period of time where the smaller companies were not placing a lot of travelers, they were struggling, and the big companies were getting access to these jobs and getting people placed. So. In the past, that might not have been as big of a deal, but this this past year, it became very clear that, uh, yeah, there's there's some jobs that, that the big companies have access to and they're able to fill before it ever even gets to the smaller companies. Yeah. Something else that became um, evident when everything hit the fan this summer, or this spring, back in March, when COVID happened. This was an unprecedented event. None of the companies were prepared for it. It was just a disaster. So what happened was a lot of companies were not able to provide pay to their travelers when their contracts suddenly got canceled due to COVID, when they were having contracts where they were becoming ill or becoming exposed to COVID and they were having to do these 14-day quarantines. Some companies were paying them and some were not. And it wasn't that you know some companies just were evil and didn't want to pay their travelers, it's just some of the companies just did not have the budget. They would have Their company would have sunk. Um, it would have gone under if they had to pay so much money out. Yeah. So in some ways, that was a benefit of working with some of the bigger companies because maybe they had a little bit of bigger um, cushion and budget to be able to cover some of these unexpected events for you. And we've also seen a similar thing happen with, um, like with guaranteed hours. There's been certain situations where the facility didn't necessarily want to guarantee the hours, but the bigger company was able to say, it's okay, we got you, we'll pay for those extra hours. Um, again, not always the case. There are definitely some smaller companies that were able to offer kind of like paycheck protection for COVID situations, but it's just something we noticed a little bit with some of the companies being able to do that and some of them not. Yeah, and some of that company size, that comes with them just being in the business longer and knowing that sometimes things like this happen. 
Uh, we know specifically that some of the bigger companies we work with, they have like funds set aside for situations like that, that maybe the smaller companies don't have the luxury of doing that. So, you know, if some crazy event happens, they might be able to offer benefits that a, a smaller company might not be able to just because of the cash flow situation. Speaking of which, when we say funds set aside, it's really important to understand where all the money comes from. So maybe if the bigger company has a separate budget set aside for something like that or something else, it has to come from somewhere and that's what we call the overhead, the operating costs. So maybe they're pulling you know, $5 here, $10 there to put aside in this budget from every traveler's contract, which is why maybe you're gonna see lower weekly pay with some of these larger companies because they're having these big operating costs and these big budgets for things. So again, pros and cons, maybe your weekly pay might be a little bit lower, but maybe they're setting aside some money for other types of situations. Yep. So that's one of the things that you might take into account. Yes, your pay could be slightly lower working with a bigger company, but there could be some other benefits there as well. Um, something else I want to mention with big versus small companies. Some people just love to work with small companies because they have these close interpersonal relationships. They really know every person that works at the company from the manager to the recruiter to the person, the one person who works in payroll. Whereas these bigger companies might have an office in Dallas and they might have another one in San Diego and they might have another one in Milwaukee and they have, you know, the payroll department is here and this person's here and you might have to, um, you know, play phone tag going around to the different departments and that could be frustrating to some people. Some people just like to work with our small mom and pop companies and we totally get that. And again, there's just pros and cons there. Sometimes it's nice to have a big corporate model where there's a department, a whole department that just takes care of certain things for you, whereas maybe at a smaller company they don't. Again, not black and white across the board, just some things to take into account. And as you are talking to different companies and as you are you know, looking at different things, you might find like, I'm really frustrated with the way that their payroll department does things, whereas I like the way this company does things better. Yeah, which is a great... Uh, a great thing about having options and you know having a few that you trust and work with and you know if something goes bad with one company you have others to fall back on yeah I see we're getting a few comments we'll go through the comments towards the end of the video so if you have any questions or comments about what we're talking about please just drop them in the comments section if you're watching live or if you're watching later on the Facebook replay we will go back and answer any questions yep something else to consider is the benefits offered um, so that comes in a variety of forms um, that the most obvious ones are things like 401k matching, health insurance, and those types of things. You might find a difference based on the size of the company or the company and spe the specific company that you're working with, uh, whether they offer those things. And what we've found in general is that usually bigger companies have more employees, which means that they can subsidize those costs a little bit more um, or they can negotiate better rates for things like health insurance. So in our experience, when we're working with a bigger company, usually our health insurance premiums are a little bit less for similar coverage than with a smaller company. And like I said, that probably has a lot to do with them being able to negotiate. They have more negotiating power with more employees. Um, also, yeah, 401k matching seems to be more common with bigger companies, but that really does depend. Yeah, so 401k is something that we get asked about a lot. There's a lot of people that are interested in getting involved in their company's 401k. That can be a really good thing for you if you are able to start investing early. The hard part about working as a travel uh, a traveler is that you're on a contract basis. So sometimes if you switch around between companies, you might not ever get to take advantage of using their 401k, and you certainly will not ever get the opportunity to take advantage of their match because the majority of them have a situation where they're only gonna match if you're with them for a certain amount of time. And just the way that traveling works, you may not always take 
back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back contracts with the same company, and you may not be a traveler for more than one, two, three years. Yep. So we generally tell people, don't worry so much about the match because you're probably not going to be eligible for it anyway. Just worry about the fact, the fact that you're getting to contribute and hopefully contribute during your first, if not your second contract with them. Ask that question. Um, and then you want to you know, use that as a tax-deferred account and the opportunity to put your money in a tax-deferred account to grow for you into retirement. But don't worry so much about the match. Yeah, another important factor when you're interviewing companies and you're asking them questions is to know how the health insurance works. So that varies across the board. Some, health, or some companies will offer health insurance like day one, some it's the end of the month or the beginning of the next month, some it's like a two-week waiting period. So you just need to ask that question. And depending on you as a traveler, that may or may not be a deal breaker for you. If, if it's a situation where you're starting a contract at the beginning of the month and the health insurance doesn't start until the beginning of the next month, you know, that really could be a deal breaker for some people. Absolutely. So if that's something that's extremely important to you, these are some questions you would want to ask about their specific benefits when you're first kind of like interviewing the company to decide if that's someone you want to move forward in your job search with. If you are absolutely dead set on having day one insurance, then you might not want to move forward working with a company and even having them submit you to jobs. The last thing you want is for them to have a great job and you're super excited about the job and you have an offer and then you've accepted the offer and then you find out about the benefits. Yep. So you might want to ask some of these questions in advance. For some people, it might not be that big of a deal. Um, there are options to cover your insurance if it doesn't start day one. Just something to think about if it is a big deal for you. Yep. And for some travelers, uh, another thing that's a big deal is CU access and reimbursement. There are some companies that will offer a stipend, so to speak, or like a reimbursement for CEUs up to a certain amount per contract. There are some that will give you access to online platforms that vary. Um, so, you know, if CEU reimbursement and CEUs in general are an important thing to you, then ask the company what their policy is, if they'll reimburse for courses and things like that. When you're thinking about reimbursements, on the surface level, it might seem really important to you that you get a reimbursement for CEUs or that you get CEUs covered. We're definitely more the type of people who we understand how to budget for ourselves. We understand that the majority of the time, all the pay is coming from the same place. So if they're gonna reimburse you for a CEU, they're probably just gonna take it out of your weekly pay anyway. So we're like, you know what, we'll worry about our NCEUs, just give us the paycheck, and then we'll do the CEUs throughout the year, however we need to. But there are some companies that don't necessarily take it directly out of your weekly pay to cover the CEUs. Maybe they just have like a subscription service across the board that they're able to offer those to their travelers. And for the most part, that's not coming directly out of your weekly pay. So that would just be a nice perk to have. Yep. Of course, it could be on the back end coming out of the overhead, the overall um, commission that they're taking for all the travelers, but it's not going to really affect your day-to-day, week-to-week um, pay in that situation. But just something to think about there. Yeah, we got a few more things to go over. Um, real quick, if you guys have any questions or comments, leave those um, in the comment section. We'll get to those at the end of the video. Also, if you could like the video, that always helps us. It helps more people see the video. Um, so yeah, any, any questions, comments, and likes are always appreciated. Something else when you're considering pay, and this is definitely something that as you go along in your travel career, you might get a little more savvy with, you might get a little more comfortable with. When you're looking at the pay packages, you might want to see how they're structuring their pay. What I mean by this is you have your hourly, which is taxable, and your stipend. A lot of companies will have set standards where they won't lower your taxable below a certain amount just to keep within what they're comfortable with doing um, with IRS guidelines. However, there's no exact set rate. So as you learn more about that, as you learn more about how your pay is structured, some people are comfortable 
with taking an, a lower hourly pay in order to increase their pay, their net pay. However, there are certain companies that just will not go lower. And so I've met experienced travelers that after learning about this for a while, they're like, you know what? I really just want my pay to be higher. I'm not worried about these guidelines. I feel comfortable with it. I'm just going to go with company B that is going to be willing to lower my hourly rate and try to max out my stipends. I'm comfortable with it. They're comfortable with it. But there are some companies that will just say, no way, Jose, we're not lowering it. Yeah, that's a really important point. Um, when you look at pay packages and you, you might see a big difference between two different companies for the same job, you really have to look at the taxable portion of that pay because there, there are some companies that are willing to lower it as low as you want, um, $12 an hour or even less uh, in some cases. And, and when they do that, they're able to offer a lot higher weekly take-home pay because less of it is taxed. Whereas another company might not be willing to go lower than that. And for good reason, because uh, you know, you have you do run into some issues of like what is called wage recharacterization if you lower that taxable pay too much and that might be something that the company has dealt with in the past or is worrying about dealing with in the future yeah again that's a little bit more of an advanced concept if you want to learn more about that i would highly recommend you check out our videos and articles specifically about pay where we talk a little bit more about how it's broken down um, and again this might not be something you want to worry about until you're a little bit more of an advanced traveler and have covered all the basics yep um, the next thing we want to talk about is there are certain companies that are able to offer free incentives like free gifts. There's a company that offers like a free trip every year. These are some benefits that again, some people just really like those perks. And if you're looking for a company that's going to give you those little perks, those little wins could be really important to you. Now there's others of you that may not care about that because you're like, again, money's money. I'm just going to take the weekly pay as high as I can get it and I'll buy my own backpack and I'll go on my own trip and all that stuff. But some people really like those incentive trips and those incentive um, gifts. So those are some things to compare and contrast and it might just give you those little wins and make you excited throughout the year to work with that company and that's important too. So that's something you would learn more as you go along in working with different companies. Yeah, um, we are very much the travelers that would rather just have higher pay and not get those little extra perks, but it does make a difference psychologically to just get a surprise um, it feels like a surprise gift and uh, so there are people that definitely prefer that. Yeah. Um, the other thing we want to talk about in terms of benefits and comparing jobs and comparing companies are 40-hour guarantees. Now quite often this has a lot more to do with the specific job and the specific facility than it does the travel company because most of the time the travel company would love to offer you a 40-hour guarantee if they could however sometimes that specific contract that specific facility is not offering it. So, but there are situations in which, like I mentioned earlier, the travel therapy company might be able to help you out a little bit. They're like, well, if you're in your negotiations and you say, it's a deal breaker for me, I have to have a 40 hour guarantee. Maybe there's certain situations where a company might say, you know what, we'll cover that guarantee and you know, hope for the best. And you also wanna find out with their company and with the specific contract, what is covered in the 40 hour guarantee. Is it, um, typically it is if it's low census. If the facility sends you home because there's not enough patients to see, they're guaranteeing that they'll still pay you for 40 hours. But what you quite often will not have covered and you might wanna ask is will it also cover holidays? Will it cover inclement weather? Will it cover natural disasters? Will it cover COVID issues? If I, again, if I have to be quarantined because I'm exposed. Maybe some questions to ask there because if you're getting a quote for a pay, you're gonna get paid this much every week. It's based on 40 hours. If you don't work 40 hours, are you still gonna get paid that much or not? 
So it's important to ask there and kind of compare and contrast among companies what's covered and what's not. Yeah, for the most part, hopefully that's never a big deal. You don't run into those types of issues, but there, I can tell you for sure there are situations where you will, um, especially with things like in inclement weather and issues popping up with the clinic. We, uh, we had a clinic one time where they had an issue and it flooded. Um, so there are situations like that where if the company doesn't cover things like that, then you know you might miss out on some pay and uh, definitely something to talk to your recruiter about. Yeah, so these are some basic um, considerations for comparing and contrasting different companies. Um, let's go through a few comments here and then we'll kind of wrap everything up and summarize it. But as you can see, there's a lot to take into account and not every single company is gonna be equal and for some people, one company might work a lot better than another. So if you have any questions, go ahead and leave them in the comments. We'll read through the ones that we have so far. I'm gonna start at the top because there was a lot of back and forth there with a couple folks. Hi Joe, thanks for joining. Nick says, I'm a current traveler in Alien Town, USA. He means in Roswell, New Mexico. Um, I'm working on stretching my quads. Sounds great, Nick. Um, Kaylee says, Kaylee is a recruiter. She says, um, talking about finding jobs as a pair, starting out with one job and then reverse marketing for a second job could be something that the recruiter could do themselves. Um, that's a good point, Kaylee. There are certain situations in which if you have a really stellar recruiter, they might be able to reverse market or call around for a job for you. Certain companies and certain recruiters do a better job than this than others. So that's something to consider if you're traveling as a pair. Yeah, especially in a market that is difficult, like right now, if you're traveling as a pair, you might have to encounter a situation where one of you takes a job and the other one is just waiting um, for something nearby. She also mentioned um, talking about having a separate budget in their company if they work for a big company for certain perks like um, referral bonuses or other things. Um, another one that I've noticed is some of the bigger companies will have a completely separate budget for licensing. So for example, if I go to take a job in California, this larger company might be able to just pay me um, out separately to reimburse for my California license and it won't make a difference in my weekly pay package. It won't go up or go down. However, some companies, they only base these reimbursements off the particular bill rate for the particular job, which means that if you take your first job ever in California and you have to get reimbursed for that California license, it might really reduce your weekly pay on that first California job because on that first job, they're reimbursing you for their license. However, it's also just important to consider, like we talked about, bigger companies, if they have a big budget, a separate, an entirely separate department and a budget for that thing, we have to think probably in the long run, it's coming out somewhere in the overhead, but you're not gonna see it on your week to week pay. Yes, But sure. just something to think about there, and that's something that we learned about in working with different companies because they might present us with one pay package but then if they find out, oh wait, you need a license reimbursement, well that's gonna bring your weekly pay down a little bit. And having worked with another company where it did not affect our weekly pay, we were like, are you just jerking our leg? You know, what is it? But trust that they are not. They actually uh, can budget things differently depending on the company. Yep. Okay, Allie says, I'm watching from Dallas, Texas where it snowed today. That's crazy, I saw that on Facebook, Allie. Um, <laughs> okay, let's see if there's any other questions here. Okay, hi Forrest. Okay, Carly wants to know, do any com companies offer mentoring for new grads while they're traveling? I've heard it can be difficult to adjust as a new grad. That's a really good question, Carly. Yeah, so most companies will offer some sort of uh, distance mentorship. So, you know, obviously the travel company themselves can't control what kind of men mentorship you get in the specific clinic, 
but a lot of them will have someone that you can call. So this is usually an experienced traveler in that setting that you could call if you have questions. Um, the more important thing in terms of mentorship is what clinic you're going to and what the staff is like at that clinic, which obviously, like I said, the travel company can't control that. So uh, that would be something you'd ask more in the interview with the facility. But yeah, most companies offer someone that you can at least call. They're not going to be in the clinic, obviously, but someone that you can call if you have questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've talked to different companies that do this in different ways. So sometimes they'll have an employee of the travel company who's usually called like a um, clinical liaison. So they are employed and staffed by the travel company. They work there as a permanent employee and they have a history as a PT or an OT and SLP and you can talk to that person. Sometimes they'll also pair you up with a mentor or a buddy who is just like a current traveler who you can just call up and say, you know, oh, you've been traveling for a couple of years, can I ask you some questions? So there are certain companies that will offer you that by phone mentorship, but like Jared said, super important that no matter what company you work with, what job you take, you ask at the facility who's gonna be on site, and that's just gonna vary by facility. There are certain companies too that will offer um, a tailored new grad program where they're gonna provide you certain incentives um, try to get you to stay with them for a, a longer time and then by the time you've stayed with them for a year they might offer you like an end of the year bonus and they're gonna try to give you some resources and and set you up in hopefully good um, situations but again you can find different types of mentorship at a lot of different companies yes. so that's a good question so if there aren't any more questions we'll just kind of recap so in general it's a great idea for you guys to talk to several different companies sort of interview them and decide who you like it's best to go off recommendations from experienced travelers so that you know that someone else has had a good experience with them, that you can trust them, hopefully. If you want our recommendations for recruiters, um, you can either comment recruiters on this video in the comment section or go to our website at traveltherapymentor.com, click on recruiter recommendations, fill out the form, and it'll send an email to us. We'll email you back with some recommendations and get you connected with, with a few so that you'll have an opportunity to talk to them and decide who you like. Yeah, and one, one last thing to highlight is, we talked about this earlier, but there's not one company that works for everybody. You'll get a variety of opinions, and it really depends on what variables are most important to you. So think about things like, is it is it pay that's the, very, the most important thing to you? Is it the number of job options to make sure you find a clinic that's a good fit? Is it the benefits, so health insurance, 40-hour um, guarantees, those kind of things. So think about what variables are most important to you as a traveler and go from there. Yeah, and I really don't think that there's ever gonna be one best company. Now, sure, there are some travelers that end up finding their favorite company and they end up taking the majority of their jobs with them, and maybe that'll be you. But I think when you first start traveling, it's really important to keep a team of two to three recruiters that you work with for your first several job searches until you find out which one that you like the best after them having gone through the job submittal process for you. Maybe you've taken a contract with this one and then you switch and take a contract with this one. You really learn a lot as you move forward in your first several months or first several contracts as a travel therapist. There's a lot of benefits, pros and cons to working with both big and small companies. So the majority of the time, when you reach out to us for recommendations, I'll usually give you three. We usually say, you know, I recommend you reach out to these three. Maybe one of them's big and two of them are small or two of them are big and one of them's small. And I'm gonna give you a couple options so that you can kind of compare what benefits and what opportunities this one has versus what benefits and opportunities this one has. Um, see, we just one got one questions. more question. Um, how many travel companies are there? 20, 50, 100, 500? If there are a lot, is there a website uh, you recommend to find them, especially if you're new to this? 
Yeah, there's a lot. Um, I would say there's like two to three hundred when we, one time we heard a figure. Yeah, I don't think those are all therapy specifically. So that includes like nursing, radiology, and, and those types of disciplines. But I would say at the minimum, there are like 50 travel companies for therapists. I think there's um, way more than that. I think it's yeah, in the Yeah, at the minimum. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's not like a, a list anywhere. You can, you can Google. Um, and the bad thing about Google is the ones that pay the most money to be at the top of the list are the ones you see, mm -hmm. which may or may not be the best companies. So yeah, really it's best to go off for recommendations. Yeah. That's the hard part, Bruce. I mean, we've been doing this for six years and, um, you know, over time we've heard about various travel companies just by word of mouth, by conferences, that sort of thing. And again, we've gone through the process of trying to interview, you know, several dozen and then narrowed it down to about 10 that we currently work with and like and recommend to others. So I feel like that's a good resource, um, us having put in that work for you to go through, you know, a few dozen. Now, no, we've not talked to all couple hundred of them by any means, um, but we've been actively involved in the community and compared and contrasted experiences that we've heard from other travelers as well as our own experience. So we've tried to go out of our way to to provide that resource for you. Otherwise, I mean, yeah, you can you can search in travel therapy groups on Facebook to ask others for their recommendations. You can search um, on Google, you can compare the ratings and reviews um, for different websites. I know there's other websites like Indeed and stuff that will also compare and contrast. Yeah, and for us, this is a continuous process. We're always reaching out to new companies, talking to them, seeing if they're a good company that we want to add to uh, the list of of ones that we work with. Mm -hmm. our, our list has changed over time. So we, and we're always checking in with them to make sure they're still doing a good job. And if they're not, then, you know, we might not work with them any longer or recommend them any longer. Yep. So. All right. Thanks guys. Um, we will be back next week. I'm not sure which topic we're going to cover, but if you guys have any suggestions, feel free to reach out to us, leave us comments, questions on this video. We'll come back to those later. And again, if you could like the video, we would really appreciate it. All right. Have a great night guys. All right. Bye.